You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. My partner, Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Memphis Grizzlies, now color analyst with the LA Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Good to see you getting a little home rest. That's outstanding. Trade deadline has come and gone. The Cavaliers are hot, Mike. They have won six straight games. It's their longest stretch of winning straight games since, what, they won eight straight early in the season. And they're playing really good ball after the trade deadline, which just passed a couple of days ago. So good timing all the way around for a hot streak. Jeff, good to see you again. Is it okay if I have a visitor stick around for the show? It's good. Oh, that visitor, sure. It's Charles's, you know, it was Charles's birthday recently. So nice. uh, he's over the house. I told him he could stay as long as he wanted to. I'm afraid that he may not get out. But anyhow, he's just saying hello to everybody today. That's outstanding. Good to have him with us. Hope you had a good birthday. But anyhow, um, <laughs> Cavs have played outstanding basketball. And, well, what, you know, it's, it's a sense of relief when the trade deadline goes by. Anybody that was on edge, anybody's agent that was calling them saying, you know, your name's being thrown around. I think what Kobe Altman did is he went out and tested the waters, listened to what people had to say. And that's what their job is. Very similar to what they did in Toronto. You had three or four names that were prominent out of Toronto, and in the end, they wound up doing nothing. But what it did is it allowed them to put down on paper what the offers were and realize what the value of their players are so that when the season ends, you know, there's only 25, 27 games left in the season when trade deadline happened. Um, Now they go back and say, okay, at the end of the year, we might be willing to do something because by some chance – could we sneak into the 10th spot and maybe just see what happens from there? But when they look at what the value is for an Ananobi, for a Van Vliet, uh, for Siakam, those kinds of players, then they make a little minor move and bring Pirtle back, who they had, mm-hmm. uh, get him from San Antonio. So I, I think what Kobe Altman did is he listened, he probed, he looked at was that going to be enough to take us to the next level or we're going to have to give too much out of our nucleus, which would hurt us more than help us by bringing in whatever piece they were going to bring in. And with the you know front office staff and support staff and the coaching staff said, you know what? We're young. Let's not do too much damage to this roster. We're not doing bad right now. Right. And, you know, there are 
there are only three teams ahead of us as far as records go in the Eastern Conference. So why not keep this together and see where we go with it and grow? And if if it doesn't quite go the way we want, come playoff time, well, then we sit down and we add the next piece at the end of the season. So um, a sigh of relief, uh, that second unit against Chicago may have sighed a little bit too hard. My God, they couldn't make a shot. <laughs> uh, one of 19 coming off the bench for the Cavs. But you're going to have those nights. Some, some nights your bench carries you. Other nights you're looking for the next guy up and you can't find them. Uh, but they got through it. Their defense uh, held up strong enough to uh, beat a Chicago team who many people feel are maybe the front runners for getting Russell Westbrook mm. if and when he's released and they buy him out or whatever. He had played for Billy Donovan down in Oklahoma City. So wouldn't he be the perfect replacement for Ball if Ball can't go because of his injury status? As we record this basketball goal, the Cavs had just finished up a back-to-back win in New Orleans on a Friday, and then that home win over Chicago on Saturday, Mike, that you just referenced. And it's a six-game winning streak. And you just talked about the bench. The way this team sits right now after the trade deadline, it's real clear they're going to continue to ride their four starters who have been so terrific for them, Garland, Mitchell in the backcourt, Allen, Mobley in the frontcourt. Keep your fingers crossed that Isaac Okoro continues to progress. But like a lot of contenders, like a lot of teams at the top, J.B. Bickerstaff is playing his starters a lot of minutes. I don't, I don't know if that's a concern for anybody, but I wonder, did they need to add a piece to the rotation, Mike, at the trade deadline? Or how do you progress with it the way it is right now? Because as you said, the bench had a rough night. It's had some terrific nights. How do you progress with this team after not making a move? I looked at the box score from their game against Chicago, and here's your minutes for your starters, Jeff. Uh, 27 for Okoro, 36 minutes for Mobley, 33 minutes for Allen, almost 39 minutes for Donovan Mitchell, and 37 minutes for Darius Garland. To me, that's not an overload. Your best player got the most minutes, Donovan Mitchell, and he was Guys playing well. Down on, you know, at that 35, 36 minute mark, my goodness, that means there's 12 minutes going somewhere else that you didn't put on that starting unit. And, you know, guys are making a decent salary nowadays. They can't go out and buy groceries. And, <laughs> you know, you're asking them to try and fight through the rent gets paid. Tough minutes. Okay. <laughs> and trying to earn a victory after arriving home at four, getting in bed at five, have to show back up at the arena again. Um, but they did not have to come in with the people that were cleaning the arena up at 8 a.m. in the morning, which is good, that are not quite making the same salaries as they are. So, yes, um, you know, I, I always try to emphasize with the players how fortunate we were to be part of the NBA, to be where we were in the position that we're in. Thank the people before us that enabled us to get to where we are now, be appreciative, but then understand that you're one of the chosen, what, 450 players, okay, that that there are in the NBA, uh, that's not a bad deal. So I don't don't think it's too many minutes, but I'm not a doctor that's talking about load management, okay? I'm a a coach, a coach that came from a different era that saw guys night in and night out play between 38 and 42 minutes, and they Mm. 
somehow lasted through the season and somebody won the championship at the end of the year. <laughs> With that thought in mind, though, Mike, you know, and I, I think load management is so pounded into all of our heads right now. If JB doesn't want to play his guys those big minutes, are you comfortable that the bench can help you? And Kevin Love's not in the rotation right now, which which is an interesting thing in and of itself. We talked about that in the last basketball cold. Is there enough there, you think, on the bench that, okay, tonight we need this, and can I go get it if you're J.B. Bickerstaff when you look down the bench? You, you can't just base the bench on the one game. But the way Kevin Love, if you tell me he's out of the rotation now, so I'll say, okay, the way he gets back into the rotation is, if one of those players that combined to shoot one for 19 continue to shoot that poorly, Dean Wade, 0 for 5, Jetty Osmond, 1 of 4 from the floor, Rubio, 0 for 6, Levert, 0 for 4. If one of those bigger guys continues to play poorly, after two or three games, JB is going to, with his staff, obviously talk it over and say, is it time to give Kevin a shot back in the rotation again? And I, I think it's just a matter of, Kevin, when he broke his thumb and came back, he may have come back too soon. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but he wasn't shooting the ball. He wasn't as comfortable as he had been before the injury. And the Cavs have to win games if they want to stay in that race for home court advantage. Right. So the head coach has to make some tough decisions. Tough decision was, I'm sure he handled it beautifully. I'm sure he sat down with Kevin and explained everything because JB does a great job of communicating to the players why he's doing what he's doing, but he tried going with someone else to see if they could continue to win, get further above the 500 mark and stay in those top four teams in the East. So it happens sometimes happens in every sport. A guy gets out of the rotation because he's not producing at the time. So they try somebody else, you know, guys that are number eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 on your roster. We forget that. They were probably high school All-Americans or collegiate All-Americans who were not bad players wherever they came from before they got into the NBA. So you have to trust. You have to trust what your heart's telling you, what you see every day in practice, what they show you in the game. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He's Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps. Just talked about the Cavaliers and where they sit after the trade deadline. Mike, let's look at the the Eastern Conference here after the trade deadline. And, and I was surprised. It was really active at the trade deadline. And some of the contenders made moves. Some of them, I think, made moves, Mike, that maybe take them out of that contender spot. In, in the Eastern Conference, Boston picked up Mike Muscala, big guy who can shoot. And I think that's good a nice pick. Yeah, I, that's a nice Straight pickup move. for them. Yep, good. Combine that one with this one. Bucks get Jay Crowder. And then the 76ers get Jalen McDaniels from Charlotte. Those are the three teams ahead of the Cavaliers right now in the standings in the Eastern Conference. Which move do you like the best there that maybe solidified one of those top three teams? Muscala to the Celtics, Crowder to the Bucks, or McDaniels to the 76ers? I like the Boston move. Uh, I, I think Muscala is a very, very valuable piece. Uh, like Al Horford can go out behind the three-point line and stretch that defense and create driving lanes for Brown. And for Tatum, Muscala can do the same exact thing, big with size and can shoot the ball from behind the three-point line. Of those three, I think that's the best one. Um, if if Russell Westbrook winds up um, getting bought out and if he winds up going to Chicago, 
you might have to throw their name in because that's a huge piece that they would be adding to a team that just can't quite get back to the 500 mark. They play well for two or three games, win those, and then lose two. And they go back and win two, and then they lose three. And they're just struggling to try and hang in there without a huge loss with ball being out. But all of a sudden, if they got a Russell Westbrook, well, it's an injection of energy, it's an injection of points and steals. And, and look, Billy Donovan knows what there is to know about having Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's where he was building up all those triple doubles under Billy Donovan. So that would be another one. Give me, give me a couple more teams in the East that did deals. Here we go. The, the Nets obviously shook things up, trading Kyrie to Dallas and Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. And short-term, Mike, I, I think everybody would think, okay, well, they're done. And I want your opinion on that. Are they done? They picked up uh, Mikael Bridges, who's a good player. In fact, there's reports out that Memphis offered uh, the Nets four first-round picks for Bridges. And we've seen that out there. Cam Johnson as well. Spencer Dinwiddie, who I like a lot. Dorian Finney-Smith and five first-round picks. So they traded Kyrie and KD. That's huge. You would think it blows it up for this year. But you get some good young talent, and you get five first-round picks. I, my question is this. Can they hang where they are? And, and right now they're fifth in the Eastern Conference. I, common sense would tell you no. You traded Kyrie and Kevin Durant. On the other hand, those guys haven't been together a whole lot. What, what, what do you think? Where do they sit after all of these moves? There's so much parity in both, really, in both conferences that it may not surprise uh, everyone if they hang around. You know, and if they split their games the rest of the way for this season, they'd be in the playoffs. I, I'd take a chance and say they'd be in the playoffs. So they went 500 for the rest of the season. But you got to, you know, Cam Johnson's not bad. Bridges is a terrific player. Uh, Thomas has exploded. He had three straight games of 40 or more points. Yeah, he's been great. They found him all of a sudden, you know, like, wow, this guy can really score out of LSU. So, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie's a terrific big point guard. Totally. I didn't even mention him. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie was good when he was with Brooklyn before he wound up in Dallas, and he comes back and has a big first game for him when he gets back. So, yeah, they could compete with that mm. group that they have. They have the number one guy field goal percentage-wise in the center position and shot blocking as well. So, Nick Claxton, he's been terrific. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting group now and not the same star-studded cast as it was. Let's go back even further when it was, remember, Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. with For them. 16 games together. That was it. And I saw an interesting thing. I'm not a big guy on um, Twitter or Facebook or all that stuff, but sometimes you know how they pop up on your phone when you turn your phone on. Yes, I saw an interesting quote from, I, I guess I'll attribute it to James Harden because they had him saying, now who's the crazy one of the group? And they had the picture of the three of them together. And he goes, now who's the crazy one in the group? Because, you know, when he left, everybody was, was banging on Harden. Yeah, and they were. The yeah. other two guys leave. So I think Harden's saying, look, I, I'm not the only one that got out of here. Don't forget that. Yeah. Uh, the teams that are behind the Cavs made some moves. And and the Nets, obviously, the, the team that, that shook it up the most. But I, I thought some of these were interesting, Mike. And in our last basketball goal, you mentioned Josh Hart going to the Knicks, who 
is a winning basketball player. That guy does a lot of things. The Hawks, one of your former teams, picked up Sadiq Bey, who I like a lot, and from Detroit. Bruno Fernando ends up there. They got bench pieces. And uh, and Jakob Pertle going to Toronto. So I, I would think those might be the three teams that made moves behind the Cavs. Uh, Miami didn't make a move, which I think is interesting. And And the Bulls haven't as of yet. You know, you mentioned Westbrook, but with the Raptors, Hawks, and Knicks, those are the teams trying to catch up to the Cavaliers who are sitting in the fourth place in the Eastern Conference as we speak. You like any of those moves more than others? Pirtle to the Raptors, Bay, Fernando to the Hawks, Josh Hart, Knicks. I, I love the Josh Hart to Knicks because Josh Hart is a Tom Thibodeau type player. He's hard nosed, he'll come every day. If they have a practice or two uh, available, if they can find practice time. But every night, this guy goes out on the floor and does everything he can possibly do to win a game. And Thibodeau will be able to play him at multiple positions. He's going to stick his nose in there and defend and come up with rebounds you wouldn't expect. And he's a sneaky scorer. You don't think he can score as well as he can, but he'll put points on the board for him. I loved that move when that happened. I thought it was a perfect move for a Knicks team that one night looks terrific. Next night, you can't figure out how they lose. But this guy will give them something special, give them a winning, a winning attitude, the character of a winner. Remember, he also will be playing with Jalen Brunson, who was a Villanova guy. So you have two guys out of the Villanova program playing together on that Knicks team. I thought Bay was I thought they gave up on him a little bit too soon. And maybe they thought they could get enough form to move him. But I was surprised that Detroit was done with him because they had, if you remember, they had just a couple weeks before that, they had put him on the bench, taking him out of the starting yeah. lineup. And he's had and some. I followed the box scores from there. And yeah. a couple nights, he had 27, 26. Yeah. He's had big games, Mike. He really has. So I, I was surprised they moved him too because. I would think if you're a team like Detroit and you're trying to build for the future, you want talented young guys and collect as many as you can and figure it out as you go. So I'm surprised they bailed from him too. You know, they, when he came back uh, this past season, supposedly one of the things that they talked to him about with the Pistons organization was you, you have to become a better three-point shooter. You've got to open things up for us. You know, so we, these young guys who handle the ball for the majority the amount of the time have places to drive the ball and kick out, and you got need you. So he you know, worked and worked on a three-point shot. Um, I think he became a little bit better three-point shooter uh, than his stats had shown. He's only been in the league a couple of years now. So, um, But that, that one surprised me. And then your third one was the addition to Atlanta, which was – Well, the Raptors with Pirtle. And then no, no, what uh, about the Atlanta? Did you say there was a? An they also picked up uh, Bruno Fernando from from Houston, but I, I think Bay's the key piece going there if they're going to make a move. Yeah. So, I mean, of the first and the, know, and the, the Heat first, didn't do anything. And yeah. Well, so Miami. That's that's what I wanted to talk about. Was Miami was involved in talks? And I think the worst thing that happened for Miami was the report came out saying that Kyle Lowry was out for a minimum of three more weeks because of his knee. Mm. And I think that may have scared off a number of people that were interested in Lowry. And I'm not trying to make this an all Villanova show, but. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? But if you're 
If you're going to give up draft picks, if you're going to give up good players, and all of a sudden you see a report come out saying, ah, Kyle Lowry, minimum three weeks he'll be out. I, I think your front office, you know, gets back together and huddles up and says, what are we doing? Are we are we taking, you know, a, a broken down piece here to bring him in and hope that he's okay? And I, I think it scared away because Miami was on, believe me, they did their work. They were on the phone a lot. Uh, one team, Mike, behind the Cavaliers after the trade deadline that you think this might be the team to watch that could maybe knock the Cavs out of a home court in the first round. Might it be Toronto, Atlanta, the Knicks, Indiana, and Washington both traded away pieces rather than going out and adding pieces. Any of those teams, the Nets, that you think might be the biggest threat to a home court opportunity for the Cavs in the first round? I think the Nets and Knicks are definitely two teams to watch down the stretch here. Um, You know, when you, when you get to a certain point in the season, some teams stay competitive and get even more competitive because they can see the carrot out in front of them. Yeah. And they realize we only have 16 games to go. We only have 12 games to go. We only have eight games to go. There are other teams at that point that say it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Their mentality is not one of a winner, not one of a champion. It's too hard to fight every night to try and get to the 10th spot or the ninth spot or the eighth spot or to go from seven to six. It doesn't mean enough to certain people on the team. And that's why character is so important. I thought one of the great pluses of Wayne Embry was that he always tried to get players of high character. It meant so much to him. And I think that's what led to the success of so many of his teams was how he picked and chose the players that he was going to put a Cavs uniform on. Former Cavs GM, Bucks GM, and consultant now with the Toronto Raptors and one of the one of the greatest guys I've met in pro sports. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. My partner, Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach, now color analyst with the Clippers and the Cavaliers. Let's look at the Western Conference, Mike, after the trade deadline. And to set it up, as competitive as the East has been, I think the West is just absolutely nuts. As we speak right now, there are 10 teams within four and a half games of fourth place in the Western Conference. That goes down the, the bottom team there is the Lakers, who are four and a half games out of the fourth spot in the Western Conference, and they're in 13th right now in the Western Conference. So moves in the West could end up having a big effect, things that happen at the trade deadline. Uh, it let's start with a well, let's just go over some of the key things and, and get thoughts on these. Denver yeah, up top. Gonna, I want to hit you with this. I yeah. thought before you tell me who, I thought there were six teams in the West that made moves that will help them. So I'm I'm going into that before okay. you before you start because I remember specifically going over it uh, two nights ago saying, bump bump marked off each team. Yeah. And said they've helped themselves. And I'll start with the Clippers, okay? Okay. The Clippers are a better team today than they were before the draft, even though they gave away some plays that, I mean, I, you know, Luke Kennard, how can you not like Luke Kennard, a guy who leads the league in three-point shooting? You know, Reggie Jackson, who a season ago when PG was out, Kawhi was out for the whole season, the injuries they had, and Reggie Jackson stepped up and played big for them a year ago. They had eight wings, too many wings on the roster. And poor Ty Lue couldn't couldn't keep everybody happy. You know, when mm. he tried to explain to them, you'll turn will come. So 
by giving away what they did and bringing back what they did to three players, most notably uh, Plumley, Mason Plumley. Remember, they had this backup center that's with the Knicks right now. Isaiah um, Hartenstein. Hartenstein. They had him, and he was huge for the Clippers a year ago. And then, you know, his play warranted he got paid more money when his contract ran out. Well, that's when you start getting into the decisions. Do we give the money here? Do we give the money over there? Tough, Some tough decisions for the front office. So when it worked out, Hartenstein got more money from the Knicks. He went to the Knicks, and he's been he's played great for them as the backup center. Well, that left a hole in the roster of the Clippers. So they went out and got Plumlee, who he's perfect. Whether you put him behind Zubats, whether you start him if Zubats gets hurt, God forbid, but – he can play either one of those high energy guy, really runs the floor, offensive yeah. rebound. You can run the offense through him because he can pass. So that was a terrific pickup, I thought, by them. And then the kid out of uh, Denver, Bones Highland. Highland is, you know, the Clippers are one of those older teams. So they need an injection of youth and energy, you know, to look for the future, you know, to try and start building that. Uh, the foundation back up again. So Highland's a young guy, high energy, can make shots in bunches. Uh, you know, he's probably in his own mind, he is better than maybe he really is. But I saw him firsthand do a number against the Clippers when they had to play them. And I know that on their board during draft time, he was rated high on their list. So they wound up getting a, a little bit of youth, a little bit of scoring, a little bit of energy with that pickup. And I'm missing the third Eric one. Gordon. Eric Gordon. Mr. Offense. Perfect for what they want. A veteran guy, been around for a while, 34 years old, 6'4", 215 pounds, tough, strong, will stick his nose in and defend, and has great range on the shots. So what they lost in Kennard, maybe Kennard shoots 44, 43 from the three-point line. Eric Gordon on a good team will shoot 38 or 39 from the three-point line. And you tell Bledsoe, we need you to stop this guy. He'll take that challenge. I, I said Bledsoe. I meant to say Gordon because they remind me of the strong-built bodies. Uh, Gordon will go out there, and he'll do that job for you of trying to stop a guy from penetrating. So I thought, I'll start with that one. Now you take me to the next team. Let's go with Phoenix. You pick up Kevin Durant. You're not going to have him probably until sometime after the all-star break. That might be a situation, Mike, where, okay, wherever they end up, fine. But you get into the playoffs, obviously that's a team that nobody wants to wants to face at all. What do you think of the mix? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and now Kevin Durant with everybody else that they have as well. Is that the team to beat in the West? I, I know Ayton is not <laughs> – does not possess the same credentials as the first three that you mentioned, but yeah. he still could be in that all-star caliber of player. Right, then you throw Craig in there as the fifth starter. I'm, I'm figuring that's the way they might go. Holy mackerel, you're talking about an opportunity. It doesn't always work out. Yeah. I remember there were a couple of guys that came from Boston and wound up in Brooklyn, named like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And that group, everybody had such high expectations, but didn't work out. And we saw the Harden, you know, with Durant, with Kyrie. That didn't work out. But 
But Kevin Durant is is a special player. I mean, he he still could be in the discussion as the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah, uh, and I'm certainly hoping that that knee injury is not too severe and that we see him back soon. But what a great pickup! And they got another scorer and really good player in T.J. Warren. I've always liked TJ's game. Like and he's, he's so just scrappy. coming back to where he's feeling healthy, starting to play yeah. well. Remember how remember how well he played in the bubble when when the NBA was in the bubble. He had fifty point game, and, and you just add him to it. That, that's a terrific pickup to help you out as well. Denver, you have and Reggie Jackson is rumored to be going to Denver in the buyout market. Is it in your mind, Denver, Phoenix? You have Memphis who picked up Luke Kennard. And the Clippers as well. Anybody else you think, yep, that's the team to beat? Because there are a couple of other teams that made moves. Golden State. Lake, Lakers did great. Yeah, you like the what Lakers they did? did? I mean, they got they got themselves more depth. They got – let's go over the names if we can that the Lakers picked up. D'Angelo Russell, Malik oh, Beasley. Not bad. Get you 30 yep. points on a given yep. night. Who there else? you go. Jared Vanderbilt. And, and Mike, I, I like them getting Mo Bamba for Patrick Beverly because there's a, a – an athletic big guy who I, I don't think has scratched his potential yet, but I just wonder, is that enough? Is that enough to solidify along with LeBron James and with Anthony Davis and, and make them one of those teams and, and not to compare them to Phoenix, but in this way, I will one of those teams that man, okay, wherever they get into the playoffs, you don't want to play these guys. Exactly. You kidding okay. me? Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And now you put D'Angelo Russell there. Bomba, they brought in for one thing, I think, and that's, the three ball, okay, because at seven one seven two, whatever he is, he can shoot threes, and he has a skill set. But that's not what they brought him there for. They got a guy with skill set that's not bad, LeBron James. He does a pretty good job with the He's ball in good. his hand. You know, you got a big <laughs> man that's not bad in Anthony Davis. Now with Bamba, he can put it down enough to get to a spot on the floor. You're not creating a lot of isolations for him. You got ISO players in D'Angelo Russell and LeBron, but he's a piece with his three-point shooting, can stretch the floor. Uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell, they're going to have to make a tough decision at the end of the year what they want to do. But for right now, you know he's a guy. With, you know whether you trust him or not, then on a given night he can get you 35 points. We've seen him do that, 40 points in a game. Now, will he get enough shots with LeBron, with Anthony Davis out there? But this might be the exact injection of energy mm. that the Lakers needed. All you, all they got to do is get to the 10th spot, the Lakers. And then you got to start worrying about playing them. Yeah. Like you said, do you want to play that team that just added some more weapons to them with LeBron and Anthony Davis carrying them? That's a dangerous team, I think. Hey, so, Mike, we just we just mentioned Denver a little bit. Phoenix, we touched on Memphis, the Lakers looking really dangerous. We talked about the Clippers. We haven't talked about the team that picked up Kyrie, the Dallas Mavericks, put him with Luka. What might you have there? New Orleans has played pretty well all year long, had a little bit of a lull, but they played pretty well all year long. Golden State's still there. You know, I don't, can you rule out Golden State if they get into the playoffs? You look at the West and Mike, I I think that could be fascinating. And much more so than the East. It doesn't matter where you where you are. If four or five of these teams are just in the playoffs, and we're looking at some first round playoff series, heck, even some second round, Mike. If, you know, some of these teams knock off some of the other ones. These are going to be some great playoffs to watch 
not only in the East, but I think more so in the West, just because of how much parity and how much competitive balance there seems to be out there. Golden State got better because they brought back somebody that they trust, they know, and helped them win a championship in Gary Payton. Uh, and when they let him pending, go... Pending but, physical. There was some rumbling that, that there might be something there, but as we're talking right now, the trade has not been rescinded, and it looks like Payton is good to go with the Warriors. So they, they couldn't pay him the money that he wanted to when he got done helping them win the championship, so he... You know, he winds up going somewhere else. Right. They realize how much they needed him back. So they give up Weissman, who that's, I mean, that's a huge admission of either a mistake or, look, sometimes. Or of how much they want Peyton and need him. Yeah. And also sometimes these young players that you're getting that are, you know, 17, 18 years old coming out and coming right in or going to the G League and then coming in, they're not ready. Yeah. They're just not ready. They don't grow up enough. You know, there's growing up a couple different ways. There's growing up on the floor, your game getting better. There's growing up as a person, okay, and understanding how much you you have to pay the price to be an NBA player. It's dedication. It's doing things that maybe you've never done before and doing them every day, not just once a week day. So we don't know that. But for whatever the reason was, they felt they could – give Weissman away, but get Peyton back. And that gave him some toughness back at the defensive end, a little bit of scoring for that second unit. And I'm not ready to write off Golden State saying that they can't mm -hmm. do some damage here in the playoffs in the Western Conference. And then the other one that you just mentioned that I'm um, – give me that other name you just mentioned again because uh, – Take your pick, Dallas? Dallas, yeah. Jason Kidd's – Biggest job is going to be who's taking the ball out, passing it to the other guy in the backcourt, so that it's not the same. So I, I think he'll he'll alternate games. Game one, okay, Kyrie, you take it out of bounds and give it to Luca. Game two, Luca, you take it out and give it to Kyrie. So when they come <laughs> down the floor, neither one of them is upset that they had to take the ball out of bounds. He's you know the interesting thing though, Mike. I think Kyrie would be okay with that because when he was in Cleveland, obviously LeBron had the ball a lot in, you know, in Boston, he has to share it with other guys, even though he handled it a lot. And same thing in Brooklyn, when you had James Harden there for the 16 games together. And then with Kevin Durant, I would think that he and Luca might play really well off each other because we, we've seen Kyrie do that with LeBron, especially. The big thing for Dallas is, look, they have a backcourt that I don't know if anybody can match their backcourt with what the productivity could be on, on a given night. If you happen to be the poor team that catches them when they're both making every shot, they're yeah. not it's a long night. But the big thing for them is they've got to get their big guys back healthy. Uh, they've had two and three big men out. Woods just came back, Christian Wood, and, you know, 6'10 jumps, can block shots, and can score. He's been very bit. good, yeah. You know, Max Cleaver, I think, is still out for them, hasn't gotten back yet. So they've got a couple guys out, bigs, in the front line. Uh, Powell has been an undersized center for them. But they get those guys back. Wow, it's, it's going to be interesting. It really is. Trade deadline, come and gone, kind of going through as the dust has settled. I enjoyed that, Mike. That was fun. We'll talk to everybody on our next Basketball Gold, and uh, we'll track you down wherever you may be through your many adventures. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. All right, buddy. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. 
This has been Basketball Gold, brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.